I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. Hey, everybody. Uh, As you've probably heard me plug on Remember the Game, we have a Patreon full of hundreds of extra podcasts. The library over there has gotten so big, I thought I'd start giving away a free episode every month here on the Remember the Game feed. If you enjoyed this episode and want more of these, subscriptions start at just $2 a month, and you'll get a new expansion pass every Thursday. We also have a gaming news show called Game Patch that goes live every Friday, my vlogging podcast, The Rambling Idiot, every Tuesday, and a bi-weekly Simpsons podcast called Purple Monkey Dick. Dishwasher, hosted by me and Mark McHugh that goes live every second Monday. This particular episode of Expansion Pass is episode number 141, my top 10 favorite indie games. I fucking love these little gems, and I counted down my absolute 10 favorites. This originally went live on December 14th of 2022. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoy this free episode of Expansion Pass. Let's go. There's nothing like old school turtles beat em up tunes, is there? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 141st edition of Remember the Game Expansion Pass. It is one of our Patreon-exclusive weekly podcasts here at Remember the Game Industries. My name is Adam Blank, and if you're hearing this, watching this, or checking this out live on a stream, at some point you've decided to throw a couple of bucks at this little indie podcast. A couple of bucks of your hard-earned money, and if that is the case, in the bottom of my big, fat, chocolate-filled heart, because it's the holidays, and Shaylee has made so much chocolate, and I am a glutton with no willpower that keeps eating it. Uh, but from the bottom of that heart, thank you so much for the support. I very much appreciate it. Like I said, this is a little indie podcast, and so I thought it would uh, make for a cool episode to talk about some indie games. It is one of my world-renowned, patent-pending ranking episodes of Expansion Pass. These are usually among my favorite episodes of the show, because I'm a nerd who just likes to rank things, I guess. Uh, and as rankings are my favorite episodes... I thought I'd rank my favorite things this week and count down my 10 favorite indie games of all time. Now, admittedly, I have talked about, I think, all of these games before. I don't think there's going to be any massive surprises outside of maybe the order of some of them. And I don't even know if the order is going to surprise people too much. Uh, But this topic almost won our expansion pass topic poll a few months ago. I thought it sounded like a really fun episode. I know a bunch of people are going to be entering their Christmas breaks right away, taking a little bit of time off work or school or whatever. And you might be looking for something to play. And so I figured I would toss out a few very affordable recommendations. And I want to make sure I stress this. If you're listening to this and you don't play, play indie games and i know there's some out there that only stick to the triple a's and stuff like that and i'm not even judging i don't play pc games i understand that a lot of people just stick in their stay in their lane i get that but the next time you're looking for something to play and nothing big and triple a and expensive is jumping off of the page at you consider trying an indie game come back to this episode and listen to these top i guarantee i guarantee you 
There is a game for everybody in this top 10. There are games from all kinds of genres, not to mention a bunch of the games that you folks wrote in about that you want to talk about. And uh, they are some of the most creative, well-made, fun, bang-for-your-buck video games on the market. So uh, I'm going to throw out some recommendations. I'm counting down my top 10. I'm going to give you a quick spoiler-free summary of why I like them so much. Any of them that I've done a full episode about, I'll make sure to tell you what episode it is if you want to hear more about it. And then, like I said, we got about 120 fucking replies from the community. And uh, I'm going to read a few of those, not 120 of them. But I'm going to read a few of those off as well. And we'll do all that in just a second because, as you know, part of your Patreon perk is a peek past the podcast here to remember the game. So I couldn't think of anything funny to say this week. So if you want to just keep listening, I'll keep talking and we'll make this relationship work for the sake of the children, okay? Uh, I've been teasing it for a few weeks now. I guess the big peak past the podcast for the final couple weeks of 2022 is that as we get into the home stretch of the year, I'm going to be packing a lot of podcasting into a little bit of time here. I'm hoping to just take most of that final week off between Christmas and New Year's. I don't believe the plan right now is you will not miss a single episode of the show. All the rambling idiots, remember the game's expansion passes and game patch you've come to know and love will still go live, but the rambling idiot, remember the game and expansion pass for the final week of December will likely be recorded the week before Christmas. They'll be done a week early so I could take that few uh, days off. So if you would like to weigh in on the Patreon poll or pardon me on the uh, Patreon discussion threads, like your play one, remake one, erase ones, or you're sending in your comments for expansion pass or whatever. Uh, this weekend, two weeks worth of discussion thread posts are going to be live. So the, the Patreon page is going to get pretty cluttered for a few days, but we're going to bang them all out. Video versions of the Rambling Idiot expansion pass will still go live when the live streams would have happened that week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, then the video, the audio versions will still be going live at normal time. Game patch is going to be recorded just like normal because obviously I can't pre-record a fucking uh, news game sh- or a gaming news show because I don't know what the gaming news is. I could just make it up, I guess, and just do it a week in advance and be like, here's what I think is going to break in the next week. But no, so that'll get done like normal. The other shows will be. And uh, I was not going to drop an episode of Remember the Game during the final week of the show uh, of the year, but I was talking to Mark McHugh on the weekend and we had a great idea for a special episode of Remember the Game to wrap up the biggest year in Remember the Game history. And I'm not going to spoil what it is as you listen to this, but unfortunately, I have to spoil it early so you can all weigh in it's not going to be anything weird it's not going to be a mark McHugh um induction into the hall of fame episode it's not going to be mario's it's not a revisited episode it's not a gimmick episode it's just going to be a standard episode of remember the game it's just going to be mark and i talking about a game that many of you have asked us to cover over the years that i you know what just decided fuck it it's been a great year i know this episode will make a lot of people happy we're gonna do it so you'll know what that is uh, next week. And if you don't, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but if you don't like to know the podcast schedule at all, skip ahead for about a minute. Cause just quickly, I'll let you know. Otherwise, uh, between now and the end of the year, you've got two more episodes of the rambling idiot. Chances are the final episode of the year. The last week of the, of 2022 is probably just going to be me looking back on 2022 and maybe talking new year's resolutions. We'll see how long that episode goes for. Remember the game next week. It's going to be 228, which is going to be casual crashers, which is going live on December 21st. And then that special episode, remember the game number 200, 29 will drop on december 28th for expansion pass next week it is festivus in the real world well the kind of fake real world if you don't know what festivus is fucking watch seinfeld and grow up but it's the airing of gaming grievances that's become a tradition so we'll be doing our airing of gaming grievances next week and then the final expansion pass of the year is up to you the poll is live right now so you can go over there and vote uh some people have been asking me if we're going to do it um like a look back on 2022 yes that will be the blankies which always goes live in january i'm a little torn on what to do with uh, expansion pass in january and here's why I have four episodes of Expansion Pass in January. There's four Thursdays. One of them will be the final one of the month where you all pick what we talk about. So that leaves me three to play with. And in those three, I want to do the blankies. I want to do a predictions episode for uh, 2023. I want to do a God of War Ragnarok uh, review because I'll be done it by then 100% for sure. And uh, I'd also, there was one other one that I wanted to do. Oh, a gaming resolutions. So gaming resolutions, predictions for next year, God of War Ragnarok review, the blankies. I need to, 
I only have three weeks to do those four episodes. So one of them is going to get dropped. So I may even run a poll and just ask, is there one that you guys don't care as much about? Is there one that we should drop? Or We'll figure that out in January. And then obviously Game Patch will go live as normal. So, all right. And then the only other thing I have to give you a quick peek past the podcast at here is that you have until the end of 2022 to donate to Max Your Life campaign if you haven't and want to. Some late donations have trickled in. Thank you very much. You can find the link at rememberthegamepodcast.com. And don't forget, if you donate at least 20 bucks, you will be entered to win a video game of your choice someone's going to win some remember the game merch and someone is going to win a signed echo the dolphin poster signed by me courtesy of a longtime member of the community dbxj with a very generous donation so uh yeah you can still get in there and do that we'll do those jaws in early january as well all right i think that's it i think that's everything i wanted to cover uh let's count down some indies right let's do it that's why you kids are here i'm gonna oh in case you're wondering that music you heard off the top was from teenage mutant ninja turtles hyperstone ice on the sega genesis which is not one of my indie titles and the song you're about to hear i don't think anyone needs me to tell you what it's from uh but that is not one of my top 10 indies either but when it stops i will tell you what they are as i'll rank my 10 favorite indie games of all time let's go pick the music i'm gonna play in those segments sometimes it's like if it fits a theme or whatever sometimes it's just a song i'm in the mood to hear this week i kind of thought it'd be a make good uh to try to bury the hatchet with all you sonic fans after i took your boy to task last week on the sonic frontiers review so uh let's talk indie games i you know what man i gotta tell you i feel like i'm ranking my children here this was of all the rankings lists that we have done and we have done a lot of these episodes over the years on expansion pass i don't know if any of them were as difficult as this one was. And like I said off the top, I'd like to just take a quick minute and just... I didn't even write any notes about this. I just said explain why I like indie games. That's all it says in my notes. And I just want to like... For a long time, listeners of the show, I there was a time where I was actually kicking around launching an indie gaming podcast. It's still something I would like to do. I just can't... I don't think I could take on a fifth podcast right now, period, much less a fifth video or fourth video game podcast because Rambling Idiot is not really video games. I don't think I could handle another video game podcast, but I just truly love indie games. I feel like I've just become... I My very first one that I played that I remember, the two that I, re, the, that I remember starting with are Rogue Legacy and uh, Binding of Isaac. Uh, one of them is going to make an appearance on my top 10, FYI. And um, I just became completely hooked. And the thing about it is, like, I understand why we all want to play the big AAA, the God of War Ragnaroks, the, the fucking, the Halos, the Marios, the Sonic Frontiers, like, all the big AAA expensive, I understand. Like, that's why you buy these fancy hard pieces of hardware, you want to play the fancy games that are designed around that hardware. But, like, I'm, I'm begging, I'm not just telling you, I'm begging you. If you've never given an indie game a shot, listen to this episode, pick the one that jumps out at you the most, and, and just give it a chance. You'd be surprised. These games usually come in at 20 or 30 bucks or less. Um, they go on sale all the time. Some of them have so so much replayability the roguelikes and stuff the amount of replayability that's in them they're so creative you can see so much heart pumped into them and the thing is is like so many gamers today especially older gamers like me talk about how games today have become so so cookie cutter you know to the mold so like everything's just got to look as photorealistic as possible playstation games ought to be the third party over the shoulder single player narrative based action games xbox has to have shooters nintendo has to have nintendo and like and i like all of those categories to various levels but like indie indie games are just they're, they're the i hope this doesn't sound arrogant they're the me's they're me they're me of game creation they don't have giant i mean some of them do have giant studios backing them up but a lot of them don't a lot of them are just nerds like us that just grew up loving video games and had an idea and got creative and made a game and they don't have eight nine figure budgets to take care of and they don't have a room full of executives to answer to and there's like sure there's a lot of shit but some of the most brilliant creative fun heartfelt just beautiful video games i've ever played are indie games all right so i'm, I'm telling you if you don't play them listen to this episode 
pick one that I'm talking about, give it a chance. I, I, I'm telling you, man, just give it a shot. Uh, and there's still like, there's so many indie games out there right now that I want to play that I haven't, that didn't make the list. Rogue Legacy 2, 20XX, Cult of the Lamb, Death's Door, the list goes on and on of indie games that I want to play that I just haven't had time to yet. So uh, if you're wondering why none of them made the list, it's because I haven't played them yet. Um, in case you, before we get into the top 10, in case you are wondering, my honorable mentions, and these are all excellent, this should give you an idea of how much I love these these games. When I, I truly love all five of these games, and they couldn't crack the top 10 uh number 15 for me is spelunky the original spelunky i fucking love that i'm not gonna spend too much time getting into them but uh cornelius talmage wrote in and said my favorite has to be spelunky it's a shame that the sequel didn't hit the same high mark for me you know i gotta say i've been playing the sequel and it's more of the same but it's just not clicking with me as well it's not that it's bad for some reason it's just not uh not melting my butter like the original did but spelunky is awesome i'm not going to spend time getting into these you can look them up i'm going to spend enough time on the top 10 uh number 14 was tunic uh, Astro Alpica wrote in and said, I really enjoyed Tunic. I think it was the best game I played this year. The instruction book concept brought me back to the days when I was a kid and I had trouble deciphering game guides due to my novice reading abilities. I had to rely on the context of the pictures provided and keywords I recognized. The story was deep and you felt proud when you solved one of the many hidden puzzles without any help. I can't wait to see what else will come from Tunic in the future. I agree. I fucking love Tunic. If you want to know more about that game, if you're a Zelda fan, Tunic is definitely worth checking out. Uh, expansion Pass number 114 was my spoiler-free review of Tunic. Number 13 for me was Ori in the Blind Forest, two of the most beautiful Metroidvanians I've ever played are the Ori games. You can find them both on Xbox Game Pass. They're also on Switch. I'm not sure if they're on PlayStation, but they're worth playing. Pressing X wrote in and said, is Ori in the Will of the Wisp an indie game? If so, then it is sublime. Such a beautiful game with great gameplay to back it up. The first was very good, but the second is just excellent. And not to mention, it is crammed with optional tasks without falling into the repetitive and overbearing category. And last point, it is in the game, or it is in that, it is in that game length sweet spot. I think it took me about 11 hours. So it never overstays its welcome, just perfect. Yes, if you like Metroidvanias, play both of the Ori games. They are gorgeous and so much fun. Uh, number 12, I have Wargroove, which uh, I never played Advance Wars, but everyone says Advance Wars uh, or Wargroove is like, a, is hey, copy our homework, just change it so it's not uh, too obvious of Advance Wars. I can't wait to play that Advance Wars remaster collection when Nintendo finally releases it. Wargroove is fucking tight. If you like Advance Wars, play Wargroove is fire. And number 11, the indie game that just missed out on my top 10 as much as I love it, is Hades. And so many of you wrote in about Hades, and I understand. Hades is phenomenal. It just There's 10 I like better. Victor from Regina wrote in and said, Hades. It's one of my all-time favorites, and it left me vibrating with enthusiasm after almost every play session. An absolutely incredible soundtrack and art style matched with tight, addictive gameplay. It's just as impressive as a piece of art as it is an enjoyable game. I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, Hades is... Mwah. It is so fucking good. I'm sorry I couldn't make the top 10. And just to give you an idea, games like Dead Cells, Inside, Limbo, Guacamelee, the Steam World games, they didn't even crack the top 15. And I like all them too. That just shows you how deep this list of indie games that I love is. It's fucking wild. So those are all the ones that didn't make my top 10. Let's talk about the ones that did. My 10th favorite indie game of all time. It is the aforementioned Rogue Legacy, one of the two first indie games I ever remember playing. Uh, if you've not played Rogue Legacy, it is just, oh my God, it's so fucking good. I got it off PS Plus on my PS4 and I played the fuck out of that game. You control this like knight, this this little, it's like a cool looking, I would say uh, 16-bit, maybe a little bit fancier than 16-bit graphics. You're kind of getting into that like, symphony of the night alundra like if the ps1 and x or the, the nintendo 64 had been 2d sprite based games that's what i think that's what rogue legacy would have looked like uh you control this knight and you go into this castle and you gotta go through and collect all this treasure and kill all these enemies and stuff like that and the castles randomly generate and the enemies and stuff randomly generate but what's awesome is that you have like a, a um what's the term i'm looking for a status ailment and like some of them are good and some of them are like some of them can be as stupid as like uh you have the hiccups and you can't stop hiccuping and so while you're playing the game your character randomly just drops gold because they hiccup and the cash falls out of their pocket you can get some where they're afraid of certain things you can get some that are buffs i think there's one really like um 
I, I it's been a few years since I played it. I don't want to spoil all of them because half the fun is finding out what your buffs are. Um, you can have like a terrible temper where your strength is up, but your defense is down and stuff like that. And you're going to die. It's a roguelike. So every time you play it, you get killed. And then what happens is when you die, you leave your equipment, your armor and everything, all the stuff you've picked up, you leave it to your next of kin, the next uh, generation of your family. And so then you get to pick from a couple different... Um, uh, like and no, you're the ancestor. Like a couple of different members of the next generation of your family, all with their own different play types and status ailments and stuff. You pick one, they get some of your equipment, they inherit some of your treasure, then they go into another castle and try again. And then when they die, you pick another one and they go into the castle again. And it's over and over. And it just it looks gorgeous. The play recant the the gameplay mechanic is super tight. The controls are awesome. It's so funny to see. Like every time you die, part of you is pissed off that you died, but part of you is super excited to see what the next person you're going to get to play as uh has for like uh characteristics and stuff like that just a very very clever game i have not yet played rogue legacy 2 which dropped i think earlier this year i really really want to though i fucking love the first game it was the other one i played when i started at indies was binding of isaac and i would like to go back and try binding of isaac now i didn't get it when i first played it but that's because i'd never played a roguelike before and i was just confused and lost uh, I know how beloved it is, and now I feel like I could really get into it. I just don't know if I'll ever take the time to. But Rogue Legacy, oh my god, it's so good. Highly, highly recommend checking it out. Number 10 on my list. West Gen wrote in and said, uh, Rogue Legacy and Rogue Legacy 2 for sure. They turned me on to roguelike games that did a fantastic job on their second game, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, that was one of my most anticipated games was Rogue Legacy 2. And then I just never got around to playing it. Because the backlog from hell is the backlog from hell. But number 10 on my list, if you're into like... I'm trying to think of games you could compare Rogue Legacy to as far as the gameplay goes. Um, I guess kind of like Zelda. 2D platforming. You're, you know, so it's not all... Because Zelda's not a lot of platforming. But think maybe like Metroid, but with a sword and shield as opposed to uh, laser guns and stuff like that. They're just great 2D-based action games, platforming. So much fun. And they are going to kill you over and over, but that's half the charm. I fucking love those games. Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is, hey, lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating, which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of Crash Plan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com slash RTG. Crash Plan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, Crash Plan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around, and they they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's it's pretty sweet. And not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work, they can back up unlimited versions of your work. So it's like a rewind button. Realize you screwed something up an hour ago? Just rewind an hour, go find an old version of it, and you're just like that. You're done. You're back to the races. It's awesome. Time is money. Don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG. Back up better with CrashPlan. Uh, that's number 10. Number 9 on my list is one that we have dedicated an entire episode of the show to already.
and that is The Messenger, which I think, man, I don't know if I want to say that's the best soundtrack of the 10 games on my list, but it's pretty close. The Messenger fucking slaps. If you're interested in hearing more about The Messenger, before we launched Expansion Pass, I used to offer two extra podcasts per month, not two per week. There was a time where, remember, the game offered two extra podcasts a month, and one was a Q&A episode, and one was Top Secret Episodes, which is what we used to call Expansion Pass. The Messenger is Top Secret Episode number three, so go way back to the very earliest beginnings of the expansion pass top secret feed extra podcast feed whatever you want to call it and you'll see the messenger uh review spoiler free as always uh the messenger is fucking awesome it is it is a must play if you grew up a fan of the ninja gaiden games it is very very ninja gaiden um influence you control a ninja that runs around and wall jumps and uh swings his little sword and has some magical powers and stuff like that but what's really dope about the messenger is uh, it's got this really cool hook where you time travel between the past and the future. And when you're in the past, it is an 8-bit NES-looking style game. When you travel to the future, it becomes a 16-bit Super Nintendo style game. And it's the same game. It just takes you from the past 8-bit to the future 16-bit. It's fucking awesome. Now, the one thing about it is when when you're in the past, it's very much a, a classic Ninja Gaiden style game. When you go to the future 16-bit, it becomes much more Metroidvania. There's a lot more exploring and you're trying to find extra items and stuff like that. There is a huge emphasis on platforming in this game and it is really, really difficult. You will die over and over and over again. But it's one of those games that kills you and then it instantly loads back up and you can try again. And the th- Well, there is a death screen, but the death screen is this little fucking... I can't remember his name. It's been a few years since I played it. But there's this little shit red devil thing that follows you around and when you die he's responsible for bringing you back from the dead and every time he brings you back he chirps you and the chirps are so funny they're just splash screens you don't have to watch a big long animation it's like a mario game you fall into a hole and then it shows you know mario times four lives and then it goes into the game it's like that but instead of saying times four lives it's this little devil making jokes about you and he's like let me guess the the controller lagged you should really try jumping there you're not very good at this maybe you should try reading and like just little things like that and it's so like you'll get so mad sometimes because the game gets so hard and you're dying but then that little shit beaks you and the beaks are so funny that you're like all right fair enough that's pretty good uh it's such a great game absolutely must play if you grew up loving ninja gaiden i played it on my christmas vacation a few years ago we were at my in-laws house and uh, i brought my switch and uh just about every night i would lay in bed and then in the morning i'd wake up and i wouldn't get out of bed uh no disrespect to my in-laws but i was like i'm gonna make enough small talk over the next few days i'm gonna take a little bit of time to myself and i was just obsessed i 100 percented that game on my switch i played the fuck out of the messenger i got all the collectibles and everything um oh just outstanding probably took me 15 or 20 hours great little game like i said if you love the classic pixel art if you love classic ninja gaiden uh, if you like tough but funny games the the messenger is oh my god plus you deal with this like shopkeeper who also chirps you and stuff it's just the humor spot on the gameplay spot on the challenges it's it is must must i would love to put it higher this is what i mean like this like rogue legacy could have been number one the messenger could have been number one that's how much i adore the 10 games that are on this list so number nine the messenger and if you want to know more about it go all the way back in your patreon exclusive feed to find the top secret episode number three which is what this is episode 141, and then I think we did about 30 top secret episodes. So I don't know. It's about 160, 170 episodes ago. Such a good fucking game. Highly recommend it. Uh, Xstar25 wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, it's got to be Hotline Miami for me. The pumping soundtrack, cool story, and sexy art style made it an affair to remember. So I did ask our patrons to let me know what their favorite indie game was, in case you're wondering what these people are talking about. Uh, yeah, Hotline Miami didn't crack my top 15, but that is a great game too. I played that one on my beta. It's tight, really challenging. It's top down. It's like eight bit and you basically control this like killer and you have to go into like different like apartment buildings and office buildings and stuff and find a way to kill everybody in the building without getting killed. And it's, it's kind of a puzzle game uh, because if any of the enemies see you, like they can kill you super fast. So you need to figure out, it's not totally stealth. You just have to come up with a strategy to get to everyone and kill them without having them see you and kill you instead. Uh, and you're right. Like the soundtrack is fire. The, the story is awesome. It's got a really cool art style i haven't played hotline miami 2 but the original is uh one of the first indie games i ever played as well and it's one of my favorite vita games of all time it is so creative so yeah uh well played x star hotline miami's fire uh number eight on my list is i think the only one 
uh, it's the only one that came out this year. It's not the only one I played this year, but it is the only one uh, that came out this year, and it is fucking superb. Number eight on my list of my top ten favorite indie games of all time. music just takes me back to like january or february or whatever it was of this year when i started playing this game it is going to be on my short list for game of the year it was my game of the year for some time i don't think it's going to win it but it was my game of the year for some time and that is nobody saves the world it is an excellent game if you want to know more about that one expansion pass number 98 so right from the early parts of this year i have a complete spoiler free review up there for you it is such an excellent excellent um Top down hack and slash like this one. Think of like Link to the Past, original Legend of Zelda. You have a giant overworld. The camera is always above you, but almost at like thirty degree angle, looking down where you can walk behind things that are in front of you, but in front of things that are behind you. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you all know what I'm saying with that art style and everything. Um, and the hook to this game is you have all these different character classes you can play as. You start the game as nobody, just this little pasty white ghost looking thing with like no soul or abilities or anything and then you quickly gain the ability to turn into a rat who has the ability to poison enemies and sneak into smaller holes and stuff like that and the game just keeps growing and growing and growing and by the end of the game you've unlocked fuck i don't know a dozen or 15 different character classes all with all these different abilities and then you can mix and match the different character class abilities to suit your liking and go into all these different dungeons and 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 fight your way it's just Oh my god, I loved the graphics. I thought it controlled tight. It was a challenge, but in a great way. Um, I think the highest praise I can put on Nobody Saves the World is that it is one of only two games in my gaming career that I have 100%ed as far as like achievements. Like the, because Xbox, I fucking wish Xbox had a platinum trophy equivalent. But it, I played it on Xbox. It's on, I think it's still on Game Pass. I played it on Game Pass and uh, I got every achievement. I did New Game Plus. I went back. I put about 40 hours into this game. I got obsessed with it. If it, it is, oh my God, it's good. It's so good. Edridge FPV wrote in saying the same thing. Edridge said, because of the show, my answer has to be nobody saves the world. The use of multiple different characters that each have their own skills and growth goals, then the ability to use other characters' skills and mix and match them, plus the fact that you had to rank all the characters up to unlock new characters with new abilities. It is a lot, but it is so much fun. And then after all that, they live in a dungeon-filled world. And yeah, like... It's fucking like by the end of the game, you're playing as like I was playing as like a dragon with abilities from like a necromorph and an egg and a fucking monk. And we were going into these wild dungeons that all have these randomizers in them to make the down the dungeons more challenging and stuff. And uh, it just it looks gorgeous. It plays gorgeous. It sounds awesome. Tons of replay if you want to play as the different classes and everything like that. Um, I fired it up just thinking the art style was cool and never expected to lose 40 plus hours of my life to it. And like I said, to this day, one of only two games that I've 100 presented because I just loved it. I don't care about achievements, but I just loved it that much that I had to squeeze every drop I could out of nobody saves the world. So it's going to make my shortlist for game of the year. And it is easily one of my favorite indies ever. Find out more about it on expansion pass number 98, my eighth favorite game ever or indie game ever. Nobody saves the world. Where was I here? Okay. So Matteo is one of a billion of you that wrote in about this game. Not nobody saves the world. Uh, Matteo wrote in and said, Stardew Valley, undoubtedly, one of the absolute goats in general, not just for indies. I played through it twice, then again after one and a half, and I'm getting that itch again. Perfect Switch game too. I'm not a fan of roguelikes, etc. So Matteo, the two games I would argue we probably got the most write-ins about were Hades and Stardew Valley. And I just want to address Stardew Valley quickly because... I don't get asked about it as much as I do Metal Gear Solid 3 or Kingdom Hearts or some of those, but I do get asked about Stardew Valley a lot. Y'all know I love indie games. I have no qualm, beef, problem with Stardew Valley at all, but I have never played it, and I don't think I ever will. And the reason why is because I can already tell it's magnificent, and it's going to get its claws in me so deep that I'm going to lose 200 hours of my life to it, and I just can't afford to spare that much time. I was a, I'm was a recovering Minecraft addict and who only very rarely plays Minecraft now and I just need to relax. Uh, I, I fell in love with Animal Crossing New Leaf. I've totally... I like Dragon Quest Builders for a while. I love these types of games. I just don't have time to, to get obsessed with them now. So Stardew Valley, 
may end up, when it's all said and done, and I end up hanging up the controller forever and retiring as a gamer someday, Stardew Valley may just go down as the best game that I never played. Because I just, I cannot afford to get addicted to it. But for all of you that wrote in about it, nothing but love, nothing but respect. I would give it like an 8 out of 10 having never even played it just by looking at it and seeing how addicted it must, how addictive it is. I just, it's like, I, I think cocaine would be a lot of fun, but I know I'll get addicted so I won't ever snort and I'm never going to snort Stardew Valley. I'm sorry. Uh, one game that I did take a hit off of that I fucking loved is my seventh favorite indie game of all time and maybe my favorite soundtrack on here that I'm looking at the rest. Oh, it's a contender for sure. The song takes a second to pick up, so I'm going to let it play. Number seven. Ah, oh, did it freeze? There we go. It's so good. It's just, it's, it's fucking digitized chip tunes for your sex, for your ears. It's just, oh, it's Cyber Shadow. If you don't know what that is, that is Cyber Shadow. That song takes me back to January of 2021 when I discovered this game on Game Pass that looked like Ninja Gaiden and became so enthralled that it became the first game. I just said Nobody Saves the World is one of only two games that I've tracked down every achievement in. Cyber Shadow is the other one. It is just almost perfect it's almost perfect if you're an old school ninja gaiden fan you have to play it it was designed by one dude it's an 8-bit classic looking game you control like a cybernetic fucking version of like a ninja like from ninja gaiden and there's not a lot of metroidvania in to it a little bit but not a ton you're basically just going level to level fighting bosses and fighting enemies and chopping your way through it and it's it's hard as nails but it's fucking awesome the first time i played through it it was pretty tough but it fucked me up two of the achievements are to beat it in under i think three hours and to beat it i can't remember if it's without taking damage or without dying i don't remember or maybe it's without continue i don't know but i i did or maybe it's without saving. i don't remember but anyway i did both i've done everything that this game had to do and just listening to that music makes me want to go back and play it again it is it is so easy to look at so much fun to play if you like those old school 8-bit tough games cyber shadow is not a will you play it it is a you have to play it i would have loved to have gotten the developer on the show to just suck his dick and tell him how much i adore that game it is so so fucking good and just listen to that music if anything that music alone makes it worth playing it was on game pass i think it might have been removed so you might have to shell out the money for it but i'm i'm sitting here there's a listen i know i just compared the messenger to ninja gaiden to uh two rankings ago cyber shadow is even better so if you've played The Messenger and you're like, I love that game, play Cyber Shadow. And if you haven't played either one, play both, but play Cyber Shadow first because it is it is easily the biggest hidden gem on this list. Like Rogue Legacy, The Messenger, and Nobody Saves the World, people know, and I'm 100% sure that the six games ranked ahead of this, people know, because I think someone wrote in about each of these six games. But Cyber Shadow is just the hidden gem. I'm begging you. Remember the game Seal of Approval. It is awesome. Cyber Shadow. Play it. It is fire. Expansion Pass number 45 if you want to know more about it. Spoiler free. I highly recommend going back and checking it out. Ah. Oh, ah. So good. Ah. Yes. Uh, Ian Keg wrote in about their favorite uh, indie game. And Ian said, Super Blood Hockey. I know everybody hates sports games, but who doesn't love hockey, weed, and Blades of Steel style gameplay? You know what? I've seen Super Blood Hockey. It looks fucking awesome. I didn't know it had weed in it, but it looks awesome. And uh, I would like to get around to it at some point. I've never played it, but uh, it looks it looks tight. Especially yeah, if you grew up playing like ice hockey and Blades of Steel. Super Blood Hockey looks like a must-play. I don't know why I never got around to it. I, I mean, no, I do know. It's because the backlog from hell prevents me from getting to everything that I want to play. So, uh, But yeah, Super Blood Hockey looks tight. I'd like to play it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me. When you're not strong. I hope my singing 
didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Number six on my list is the very first indie game we ever reviewed. We covered it all the way back on Top Secret episode number one. I think this is the first ever patreon exclusive podcast i ever released and it is why i can't say it's the only one but it is one of very few games that i have gotten off my wallet paid for dlc for and actually played through the dlc and liked the dlc as much as i like the main game and if you haven't figured out what it is yet you'll be able to tell as soon as you hear this music number six on my top 10 favorite indie games of all time It is the gorgeous yet soul-crushingly difficult Cuphead. How does anyone... Everybody knows Cuphead. What else do we even have to say about it? By some chum chance you've never played Cuphead, uh, it is a... I guess it's a shoot-em-up? Is that what you would call it, I guess? Because it's like it's running gun, but 90% of the game is just literally fighting bosses. You just walk around an overworld going from boss to boss. Then it drops you in, and then it's just like a Contra-style boss. You're just shooting and trying to take out these giant... Oh my god! And the, you all know what I'm talking about, right? The bosses are all—it's like the like 1920s style cartoons. It's got the staticky music and the scratch screens, and it is so fucking difficult. But that's what makes it so good, and that's just what I'm talking about. I'm just looking back at my list, and like Rogue Legacy is tough. The Messenger is tough. Nobody Saves the World is kind of tough. Cyber Shadow is hella tough. Cuphead is vicious. The game ranked ahead of Cuphead is even harder than Cuphead is. I don't like 3D difficult games like the Souls and the, those, but like these old school two-dimensional, get, give me all of them. I want them as hard as they can possibly get. And Cuphead is just brilliant. I was so excited for that game when it came out and it lived up to every expectation I ever could have imagined for it. It's so good. I am the Johnny Five wrote in and said, at first I was going to say Jump King, but I had to erase that message because Cuphead was mentioned. Cuphead is beautiful, hard as fuck, and perfect for speed running. It's the only game that's made me get every achievement just for the sake of playing it again. Cannot wait for your list. Well, there was no way I was not getting Cuphead on this list somewhere. And this is one of those ones, frankly, like... All of these could have been number one, but Cuphead was the first one where I was like, really? Six? I can't get it higher than six? And I just can't. I There's just five indies I love more. Uh, but Cuphead is almost perfect. So if you like those tough Contra shooters, just the art style alone, it, it, you all know. Like, is there any... I don't know if there's a game on this list that everybody knows more than Cuphead. I don't know if there's anything else I have to say. One of the most beautiful looking video games ever made. So shout out to number six on my list, the iconic Cuphead, the or top secret episode number one. If you want to go all the way back to the very beginning of your Patreon podcast feed, you can find a full episode about it. Uh, number five on my list is... No, it's probably the... Uh, it would be... I'm like trying to decide if it's tougher than Cuphead. I think I found Cuphead a little bit harder, but that's only because number five is a platformer 
And number six is more shooter, and I'm better at platformers. But number five is easily one of the two toughest games on this list, one of the most gorgeous games on this list, and one of the best fucking games. I'm not only on this list, but one of the best games I've ever played. And I bet you, but you already know what it is. Uh, but number five on my top 10 indie games ever. It is the masterpiece. And I and I I use that term a lot, but I truly mean it when I talk about this game. It is the masterpiece that is Celeste. One of the best platformers I have ever played in my entire life. If you by some chance have not played Celeste, pardon me. I think I just burped into the microphone. I'm sorry, I took a big swig of coffee while that music was playing. Um I don't know if that can't anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> yeah. Master Celeste is a beautiful masterpiece. <laughs> But it, it's true. Uh, by some fluke, you never played it. It is classic 8-bit, like old, think of Super Mario Bros., the original Super Mario Bros. It's like, it's much more, uh, much, much better looking than that. But like that classic blocky, everyone's made of like little bricks and everything style game. Uh, and you control this girl who's got to climb this mountain and kind of face her inner demons. There's a lot to it. It's a deep, it's not like the deepest story, but it tells a beautiful story um, about, you know, self-doubt and dealing with your, you know, um, anxiety and 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 looking down upon yourself and it does it while making you play one of bar none the most difficult platformers i have ever played in my entire life but what makes the platforming in this game so fucking good is that it's all and i don't give a fuck what anyone says every platforming aspect in this game is tough but fair you're going to die over it gives you a tally after every world and how many times you've died and like when i finished the game it was like 900 sometimes but it's one of those games where like the second you die there's no load screen it's just die super meat boy like you die you're right back where you just died die you're right back where you just were and it's like get it back on your bike try again try again try again and it rewards patience it rewards practice it's tough but fair i never found myself getting mad at it for being too cheap or anything like that it is just it's spectacular it is i remember when that game came out and i remember seeing websites giving it perfect tens and i didn't play it yet but i was like looking like okay then i started playing it and i was like no i'll be, I'll be goddamn i can see how this game gets a perfect 10 it's it's if it's not perfect, it is really fucking close. I honestly don't know if I could think of a fault of Celeste. And if you want to know more about it, we covered it all the way back on Top Secret episode number five. One of the earliest Patreon episodes we ever released was about Celeste and how fucking brilliant that game is. Um, Brandon DeZebra wrote in and said, Celeste, it's a beautiful game with an incredible story, amazing soundtrack, great pixel graphics, and some challenging gameplay that hooks you from the start. I can't wait for their next game, Earthblade. Yes, and they showed that off during the Game Awards, I believe it was, just a week or two ago. And same thing. It is right up at the top of my most anticipated games list. I can't wait. Like, give me more, give me more Celeste. This is... Everyone... To me, Celeste should be a must-play. Everyone should play it. If you like platformers... If you don't like platformers or you don't like really hard games, do not play Celeste because it is both of those. But if you love tough platformers, which I fucking adore, uh, put Celeste in my veins, man. I want all of it. It is so good. Number five. And that one, like I said, I, I wanted it to be higher, but... Uh, and I could, you know what? If I was in the on the right day, I could see Celeste finishing up in the top three. It's not going to beat out one or two, but I could finish, see it beating out three or four. But uh, it's just superb great platformer number five celeste number four on my list is is it my favorite metroidvania of all time that probably just gave away what it is i think most of you know it might be yeah it probably is this was my game of the year probably the last i think it was the last year before i started podcasting it was i think it was my game of the year before I started saying what my game of the year was on the internet in front of people, uh, I tried it on a whim and it just completely took over my life. And I put dozens and dozens of hours into it. Still couldn't hundred percent it because it got so hard at some points. But, um, and it's also a game that people keep asking me to cover on the show and I will eventually, I just need to replay it first. So it's fresh in my mind and I don't want to replay it until I know when it's sequel coming out. And by some chance you still don't know what game we're talking about. Number four on my top 10 indies game of all time list.
It's my precious, precious Hollow Knight. One of my absolute favorite games ever. Has to be my favorite Metroidvania ever. Metroid Dread would take a run at that. But boy, I love Hollow Knight. If by fluke you haven't played this one yet, uh, I'm sure most of you have at least heard of it. Gorgeous art style. You control this little white demon ghost looking thing who's got a nail for a weapon and everything in the game is, is hand drawn and it's a lot of just black and white and it's just stunning to look at and there's so much exploration to do and so many optional boss fights and challenges and things and it's just it will kill you over and over and over and over and over again and uh and you just you want it like and there were a couple of moments where i came pretty close to rage quitting a couple of boss fights certainly that fucking arena thing that's in there where i came pretty close to like you suck a shit fuck you and i did get lost a couple of times but that's part of the brilliance of a good metroidvania is running around and i love a ton of metroidvanias they become probably my second favorite genre after platforming and so it's very high praise for me to say this is probably my favorite game in one of my favorite genres ever but i think it is it's hollow knight it is just stunning it's spectacular i'm begging you if you like metroidvanias and by chance you haven't played it play it it's worth full price it goes on sale all the time i think it's still on game pass it i would pay 80 bucks for hollow knight and there's a sequel coming silk song which is probably a top two most anticipated game for me along with final fantasy 7 remake part two i cannot wait for silk song every time we get a showcase i sit around and pray that we're going to see something about it it's supposed to be coming out next year i get asked a lot if i'm ever going to do an expansion pass review of hollow knight uh i would love to i just played it once it was like four or five years ago i don't remember enough about it to do a podcast i'd have to replay it and i just don't really have time but when silk song gets announced and we know like say silk song comes out in may I would really like to do a replay of Hollow Knight before Silk Song comes out. So, yes. I don't know when, but I, I have intentions of hopefully reviewing Hollow Knight on the show someday. But here's your spoiler. It's at least a 9 out of 10. It All four of the games I have left are on the cusp of that perfect 10 out of 10 score. Uh, and I think the last three... Yep, one, two, three. Yeah, the last three all have individual episodes of the show if you want to hear about them. But number four, Hollow Knight. It is... Ah, oh, it's so good. Hunter Moore wrote in and said, Hollow Knight, without a doubt. I brushed this game off when I initially heard about it, but I gave it a shot as a monthly PS Plus game a few years ago. I can now safely say I was wrong with my original perception of this title, and I cannot wait for Silk Song's arrival. I fucking hear you, Hollow or uh, Hollow Knight. Hunter Moore, I, God, I cannot fucking wait for Silk Song. Like, just, I always post this stupid meme, and it's just Homer Simpson sitting on his trunk after his mom ran away. Just looking up into the night sky, and in the night sky is Silk Song's logo. And every time we get a showcase, I'm like, please let this be the one with Silk Song. Fucking please. Not yet, but someday. Oh, God, I can't wait. Number four, Hollow Knight. Now we're into the top three. I would say there's a uh, sizable gap from number three to number two. Like, one and two are really 1A and 1B. Um, and then I would probably argue that Hollow Knight and this game I have at number three have a little bit of a gap from number five. Uh, the only reason I put the game that's in at number three ahead of Hollow Knight is because I think it has more replay value, which is saying something because Hollow Knight's a long game. But my third favorite indie game of all time One of the games that contends for the best soundtrack on this list too. Uh, it's Into the Breach, which I actually only reviewed about six months ago. Uh, it is expansion pass number 122. And uh, it, they just dropped a ton of free content, a free update, which basically, I don't think it doubled the size of the game, but it made it a lot bigger. And if by some fluke, you have never played Into the Breach, think chess. Think it's a tactical game where you take a team of three mechs. Three Basically what happens is you control like Pacific Rim, these giant robots. You control these three giant robots and a bunch of aliens are basically invading Earth and it's your job to fight them off. And you just go from, from board to board, map to map, whatever you want to call it, and you're on like a 10 by 10 or whatever size grid it is. And um, you basically have to use your three mechs uh, to fight off these these aliens while also uh, achieving other objectives like maybe protecting a certain building or protecting the townspeople or or collecting certain items or fucking whatever. And uh, it is just, it is probably the best tactical strategy game I've ever played. And I love Fire Emblem and I, I love... Uh, Mario Rabbids, and you know, I, I, I do like XCOM 2 a lot, even though I keep 
fucking having to restart it. But Into the Breach might be the best one. It is one of my most played games on my Switch. I think I paid 20 bucks for it, and I'm at around 100 hours, and I'm not done. There's just, it has got one more game, one more game, one more game written all over it. I'm 90% sure it's available on mobile now. It might even be a part of Netflix's mobile game things. I'm not sure. But I just, if you're into those types of games or you like strategy games, board games, chess, any of those games, I'm telling you, play Into the Breach. And I, I have not played FTL. Some of you wrote in about FTL. I have not played it. But I, I will let you know, Into the Breach is from the same developers as FTL and... Uh, from the people I've talked to, it's just, it's better. And that's not dunking on FTL, but they're like, they just did what they did there even better this time. So if you like that one, play this one. If you haven't played either one, play them both. At least play Into the Breach. I, I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. If you like tactical games, Into the Breach is a must, must play. One of the best tactical strategy games I've ever played in my entire life. And it is, and it's got that one more try. Because every time you die, you just go... Basically what happens is every time you die, one of your pilots that are controlling your three mechs gets pulled out and sent into the past to try again. And you pick a new team of mechs and there's tons of different teams and you can mix and match and every team plays differently. And then all the boards are randomly generated so you never know what's coming and you get dropped in and go again. And it is just... Oh, it's fucking... It is... Oh, it's one more game, one more game, one more game. And that's why I put it ahead of Hollow Knight because I can just play it more. I have played it more. It is, it's perfect. Into the Breach, expansion pass number 122. It is my third favorite indie game of all time. Uh, Gust of Wind wrote in and said, I'm upset that it hasn't been mentioned, but kind of pleased that I get to do the honors here in the comments. The best indie game and my absolute favorite I've ever played is Outer Wilds, not to be confused with the inferior Outer Worlds. I actually, I, Outer Worlds disappointed me too. Uh, Gust of Wind continues, this game and its DLC rocked my world. Never have I been so sucked into a game and at the time I had a kid under one. I would have had so, or I would have so little time to play. It could not stop thinking about it when I couldn't play. And my God, the soundtrack. Adam, I'm upset you didn't finish it because it combines a couple of your favorite things in space and great puzzles but i get it molly runs a tight schedule if you ever get a chance to pay you to play a game this or if i ever get a chance to pay you to play a game this would be it fun topic you butte you know what outer wilds is one of those games that i you can't look up a review of outer wilds without seeing it being critically praised if you've never played it i haven't played a lot of it it is like he said uh, gus said it's a puzzle game kind of set in space and i don't really want to say much else about it Everyone that I've heard talk about it has said, um, for the love of God, do not look up any spoilers, go into a blind, grind your way through, solve it. And I got to say, yeah, like I tried it. I played a couple hours. It seemed like a cool idea. For some reason, it didn't hook me. And I'm not saying it was bad. I just, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I can tell that I should like this game, but for whatever reason, it's just not grabbing me by the balls. And that was what it was with, uh, with the outer wilds. I will go. I'd like to go back to it and give it another chance at some point because it's just so critically acclaimed. And you're right. I love outer space. I love puzzles should be right up my fucking alley. I just don't think I was in the right mood when I tried it. Maybe I was tired or something. So, uh, I can't speak to it. I have not played it, but I will at some point. I promise. Well, no, I don't promise, but I, I'm almost, almost promise that I will play it at some point. So now we're into my top two. And, uh, admittedly, I could have very easily done these like a 1A and 1B. Very easily. Um, I just had to pick an order uh, to, to put them in. And based on my mood, I could swap them. Uh, I bet you most of you know what these two games are. So uh, let's just, we'll just do it. I'll just, I don't even think it's going to take me long to talk about them because I've talked about them both so many times before. Uh, number two on my top 10 favorite indie games of all time. Maybe the best soundtrack, maybe the best graphics, maybe the best gameplay, maybe the best game on this list. Number two slash number one B for me is my precious, 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 precious Shovel Knight. One of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, it is a game that I think I've bought. I bought it on my Vita. I bought it on my 3DS. I bought it on my Switch. I think I bought it on my PlayStation. I've bought it at least three times, maybe. Oh no, my Wii U. So I bought it four times. Uh, I love it. I love this game. If you, it has influences from Mega Man, Mario Brothers Three, Ducktales. It is just so much. You can, the love 
and passion of these developers pumped into this game is unbelievable. And you can tell they grew up playing the same games we all did and they took all of them and just threw them into a pot to see what they would make and Shovel Knight is what came out and it, it's it's perfect. It is a perfect video game. And the best part about Shovel Knight is you don't just get one retro style platformer, you get four of them because they released three add-on games where, uh, and now when you buy it, you buy Shovel Knight Treasure Trove and you get four full, big, open fucking platform. It's just, ah, uh, play it. You control a knight with a shovel. Like it's, and like it makes fun of himself because they're at one point someone's like, oh no, it's a knight. And then they go, oh, never mind. It's just a guy with a shovel. Like it's just everything about it. Those games are just, they're brilliant. If they, I like, I know we have Shovel Knight Dig and I know we have Shovel Knight, um, fuck, what's it called? Treasure Trove, I think. There's like a couple of like spinoff games for, no, Treasure Trove is the main one. What's the other one? Um, doesn't matter. There's been a couple of spinoff Shovel Knight games and they're both fine. I just want a sequel. Give me a 16-bit Super Nintendo jacked up on steroids sequel to Shovel Knight and uh, you will you might have my favorite game of all time. I honestly feel like if they were to take the original Shovel Knight and make it better, they'd have a, they'd have a small chance at dethroning Super Mario World because I love the original Shovel Knight so much. Uh, we covered it on the top secret episode all the way back number eight. I don't even think all the sequels were out yet. For the love of God, if you like old school like action platformers, you gotta play Shovel Knight. It's incredible. Uh, TBO Castlevaniac wrote in and said, my absolute favorite has to be Shovel Knight. It's the perfect retro style platformer. I love it so much that I've bought it several times to see the 3D effect on the 3DS, the Xbox version to experience the Battletoad secret stages on PlayStation to battle against Kratos and on the Switch because the Spectre Knight campaign premiered on that system when the console launched. This game is the perfect gameplay, difficulty, music, graphics, and replayability. It's just the best. I agree with literally everything you said. It's just, it's... It's almost perfect. It's just play it. If you like those old games, Shovel Knight, you've all heard me sucking the Shovel Knight dick for years. You gotta play it. Play it on, just fucking play it. It's so good. Um, now, before I get to the other one, and I think you all know what it is, but uh, before I get to 1A slash number one on the list, I just want to give an honorable mention to uh, a game Lucas Shaman wrote in that I, brought up that I forgot. Shaman? 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 Lucas wrote in and said, based on how many hours I spent playing it, I'd have to say game developer Tycoon. Being able to trial and error with so many options and making a game along with balancing your employees and other spending makes it feel like you're really a game developer. Definitely sunk hundreds of hours in doing different runs to see where I could take my small startup company with classics like Superior Lugario Bros for the Vena Gear or Terminal Doom 7 for the PlayStation, the play system. Yeah, dude. Shout out to Game Dev Tycoon. It's my favorite mobile game of all time. I played on my phone. And I'll go through fits where I'll get addicted to it. Uh, if you've never played it, it's a it's pretty it's not the deepest game ever, but basically you run a game studio and it's about making the best video games you can. And it's um it does hit a point, I find, where after a few hours you've got all the money you'll ever need, and then it's just a matter of like pumping it all into every game to see how big you can make them. Uh but I, there's just something about it. Uh and I forgot to put it on my list. I'm trying to look back now. I don't think it would have unthrown, dethroned any of the top 10, but it might have made it into my honorable mentions. I forgot about Game Dev Tycoon. That game is fucking awesome. So nice pull, Lucas. Uh, but it's not number one. Number one on my list, I guarantee you, you all know what it is. Uh, it's 1A with Shovel Knight. I just decided to make it number one because of the sheer number of hours I've put into it. Plus, it's the unofficial official game of Remember the Game Industries, and I have personally got a ton of you hooked on it, so I felt weird putting it anywhere, other than, anywhere else other than number one. My favorite indie game of all time. Oh, it's Slay the Spire. It's Slay the Spire. What else can I say? You've all heard me. It's like, I know for a fact I've gotten a ton of you hooked on this game. I've gotten Shaylee hooked on this game. Despite the fact that I've been playing it for years, it's still slotted into number three on my most played Switch games this year. It is, uh, it's perfect. Card combat, roguelike, it is just... I don't even know what else I can say. You've all heard me talk about it for so long. You can hear a full review of it on Expansion Pass number 17 if you're interested. So Frito Bandito wrote in and said, Slay the Spire for sure. If you aren't a hater of PC gaming like the Overlord, Mr. Blank, it has a pretty dope DLC mod called Downfall. You don't have to do anything but download it like a normal game. It adds bosses as playable characters, the Hermit class is the fifth class, and new potions and relics. I didn't know that. That's rad. I just want a sequel. Just give me Slay the Spire 2. Give me DLC. Give me something. Like, if they, I'm telling you right now, if they announced Slay the Spire 2, it would surpass uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. It would surpass Silk Song. It would surpass everything. 
I don't know if I I think the only game I could think of that might rank higher on a most anticipated games list for me than Slay the Spire 2 would be like a new Mario game. There's nothing else. I just, I, so many hundreds of hours of my life have been spent playing Slay the Spire. I know all of you are addicted to it. If you haven't played it, fucking just play it or look it up. Expansion Pass number 17. Uh, it's available on everything. I personally, you can try it on Game Pass. I tried it on Game Pass. I played one game and then I bought it on my Switch. Because I was like, I'm going to want this portable. I recommend playing it portably. On your iPad or on your, your tablet. Sorry if you're not an Apple. On your tablet, on your smartphone, on your Switch, on your Steam Deck. Play it somewhere portable because it is the most perfect. Play it while you're on the bus or on the train or on a plane or watch a TV or whatever. It's just, oh. I don't even know what else to say. I just, it, I like, I think on my top 100 games of all time list, I had Shovel Knight right ahead of Slay the Spire. There really are 1A, 1B. They're both just magnificent. If I could beg you to play one, both, like play those two games and then play the rest after, but play those two games. So again, if you're looking for something new to play this uh, Christmas break, all 10 of these games, I think the most expensive one in here is Shovel Knight and it's 40 bucks, but you're getting four, 40 bucks Canadian, but you're getting four full platforming games out of it. Uh, but if you're looking for something new to play this this Christmas, I'm telling you, number 10, Rogue Legacy. Number 9, The Messenger. Number 8, Nobody Saves the World. Number 7, Cyber Shadow. Number 6 is Cuphead. Number 5, Celeste. Number 4, Hollow Knight. Number 3, Into the Breach. Number 2, Shovel Knight. And number 1, Slay the Spire. Play any or all of those and thank me later. They will make your Christmas vacation better, all right? That is going to do it for the 141st episode of Expansion Pass. Thank you so much to everybody that wrote in and supported us, and thank you for listening. As always, I'll be back tomorrow with Game Patch, and I'll be back next week with Remember the Game 228 about Castle Crashers, which was also an honorable mention on this list. And uh, a week from right now, it'll be Expansion Pass 142. It's Festivus, baby. It'll be time for our annual airing of Gaming Grievances episode. So get ready to bitch, all right? Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. Thanks again for listening. You can see a full list of every episode of Expansion Pass available in our archives at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. Our Patreon subscriptions start at just $2 a month. We offer annual subs that'll save you your 12th month's fees. 5% of our income is donated to Extra Life for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. And uh, you help us keep the bills on. As I say around here, hundreds of extra podcasts, access to our Discord, the ability to write into the show. You help pick the games we play and cover and a whole bunch more. Uh, Patreon.com slash remember the game. Thanks again. Cheers. So long. Goodbye.